The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. Let's pray. Almighty God, we don't want to lie against our own soul. I ask that you give us absolute integrity before you, that we would face the reality of our world and the vile wickedness that is springing up on every hand and that we would not participate in it, that we would walk clean in your blood, redeemed by your blood, made new and whole by your by your blood, Jesus. Would you meet us today in this broadcast? Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen. In Daniel, the second chapter, we find that Daniel's life is threatened. There is a threat of execution over his head if he cannot tell the king the dream and then interpret it for him. He and his friends go to prayer, and in the night, a vision is given, revealing all of the secrets. He then shares that with King Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is so stunned by the secret knowledge that Daniel has and the content of the dream and its meaning that he does something, I'm sure, that stunned the entire court. He falls face down before Daniel, prostrate before him. He then gives him lavish gifts and appoints he and his three friends to high positions in government. Now, I want you to notice this. His confession. Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord King of kings and a revealer of mysteries, for you were able to reveal this mystery. It sounds like he has humbled his heart. He has bowed before Daniel. He's confessed that God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, how much like you we are in America. Confess God. Say, yes, we are servants of the Most High. And then build our own images, our own gods, and set them up in our lives with our entertainment, with our lust. Set them up and demand that everybody accept what we have said and done. Everyone was summoned as an act of loyalty and allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar. They were peoples from many different nations and many different gods, including many Jewish people. 
Then the herald proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, in other words, as soon as you hear the orchestra strike up their music, you fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So look, you will be loyal to me, and you will show allegiance by worshiping my God. And so the orchestra struck up the music, and all the peoples, nations, men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Sound familiar? You will take the vaccination. You will wear the mask. You will do this. You will shut down your businesses. You will go bankrupt. But there were some Jews who would not bow down. Three Jewish men would not bow down. And so, with political intent, these wise men, who did not like this young 19 to 20-year-old ruling over them, he might have been a little older. We don't know how long it took before this this happened. But probably he was 19 or 20 years of age. And the other men were of similar age. They came forward and they denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the orchestra, must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you've set up. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was angry. He was furious. He summoned them immediately. The men are brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar says to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the music, fall down and worship the image. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? This is so typical. Now, in America, we're not threatened with being cast into a burning furnace. But certainly the image of gold rises up over America. And certainly many bow their knee to that image of gold, to prosperity, 
to money, to a career, to that all-important job, and nothing diverts us. I need to really go down there with you today. You see, what I see happening in America is that men and women who call themselves Christians believe that money comes from working in a job that that holds their loyalty. They would give lip service to believe that their resources come from God. But bottom line, they believe their money comes from their job. And so many are wearing themselves out, working not just one job, but two jobs or even three jobs to try to make enough to maintain their lifestyle. They're too exhausted to serve Jesus and they're too exhausted to go to church. They love the things of darkness. Maybe you're one of those. If standing today before the heart of God, can you say it's not true? I will not bow down because my my security is not in my money or my health or my relationships. Can you say today it is true? I serve Jesus Christ and I will not bow down. Do what you will. I will not bow down. If you cannot say that you take the cross of Jesus and are willing to follow him at all costs, then please listen to me. Do not make a profession that you are a Christian. Do not say that you are a Christian if you still walk like the world. If you have not renounced the world's idols, you are professing to be something you are not. It's the gravest of sins. Do not lie against your own soul. If you cannot be true to Christ, if you cannot overcome the cowardly heart, if you're hiding in some belief that you're okay because you have some measure of good behavior, some 
man-made doctrine. If you're still married to the world, you can be of no service to Jesus. Remember the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You are saying, I will do all in my power to lift up the name of Jesus, that it will be holy, that your life will reflect the reality that God is holy, set apart from this world and from sin and from darkness. And then, Thy kingdom come. Kingdom here is not a geographic location. It is a system of governance. It is a system of law and order. It is the divine rule of God over your life. So you pray. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, some people pray that prayer by saying, Would you cause your will to be done in my life, in my job? Would you cause your will to be done in my family? But that's very easy to prostitute. For in the Lord's Prayer, he's not talking about your job. He's not talking about your will. He's saying, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, When you pray that prayer, you are lining up allegiance that you are totally given to bringing the kingdom of God upon this earth. You are asking that the will of God would be accomplished in the earth, which is the establishment of the kingdom of God. So, Here's a person who is working long hours, neglecting family, trying to get ahead financially, praying, thy will be done in my life, even as your will is done in heaven. Well, that person has just prayed a a curse over their life because their heart is not to bring the kingdom of God upon the earth, but to bring their own kingdom upon the earth. Now, let me get really close. You ready? If you have no one in your work that you have won to Jesus, it's because you have been cowardly. I don't like saying that, but it's true. 
As the one man said to me, I don't talk about Jesus on the job. He was a high-level government person. He said, I don't talk about Jesus on the job. People can look at me and see there is a difference in the way I live. And then they'll ask me, what is that difference I see in your life? I said, please, please tell me. In the many years, 20 plus years you've worked in government, has even one person said to you, you're so different. What makes that difference in your life? He said, no, they haven't. I said, do you know why? He looked at me. I said, you know, it's because you're not any different than anybody else that's working there. You all have high integrity. You all do your job the best you can. You're all responsible before God. But they're not Christians. And you have no testimony that Jesus is the Lord. And you have been cowardly before God. And you have not borne witness because you were afraid you would lose your job. Here are these three young men. They're about to lose their job. Not only that, they're about to lose their lives. Now, you look over a huge crowd, thousands of people. Everybody is on their face. But here are three men standing straight and tall, not even bending their head, not bowing their head. Are they easy to see? Absolutely. You can see people who are down on their faces looking over. Look look at those. Those three men are standing. What's going to happen? Are they going to get away with this? If you are not bearing witness that Jesus Christ is the Lord, if you are not bearing witness that the power of the Holy Spirit has changed your life, if you are not winning men and women by the power of the Holy Spirit to Jesus Christ, if you are not bringing the kingdom of God on the earth, it is because, A, you are not a Christian, or B, you are cowardly. And you have bowed down to that idol of gold because you didn't want to lose your job. Now, I'm not talking about beating people over the head with your self-righteousness. No, I'm talking about a humble ministry, meeting the spiritual needs of the people you work with, praying with them, counseling them, calling them to Jesus. If you're not doing that, you're not bringing the kingdom of God upon the earth. You are bowing down to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image. That's terrifying to me. I don't want to lie to my, to my own soul. And part of the problem that we're facing is that we have lived in a society that's very laissez-faire, where anything goes. We've lived in a society where, where fathers and mothers don't discipline their children, but they spend hours looking at video games. 
They spend hours in front of the television. Nobody bothers to sit down and and have a meal at a table. Everybody just grabs and growls as they want. I'm seeing this over and over. And I feel sorry for these children because they're growing up in a family with no biblical structure. And yet many of these would call themselves Christian families. But the children are not going to follow Jesus because they have not grown up in a biblical structure with rituals, with chores. Life has been simple and easy for them. No responsibilities. I mean, when I was 23, 24 years of age, I already had three churches I was responsible for, for Bible studies, for preaching, for prayer meetings, married, a child. Well, Pastor, these are different days. Yes, they are. They're wicked days. They're evil days. I hear constantly about people who are 30, 35 years of age still living with mom and dad, not paying rent. It's stunning to me. And it's happening because mom and dad have been permissive and busy at the altar of the golden God bowing down and worshiping. No time to discipline kids. No time to read the scriptures and pray together. No time to be a homemaker. What's going to happen? Family unit disintegrates in America. It is being destroyed. And then every kind of perversion rises its ugly head or raises its ugly head. Biblical truths are cast aside. Worldly. Let's all get along. Let's all love everybody. And by love we mean let everybody do what they want to do and just say, it's wonderful. We love you. I'm sorry. I won't do that. I won't do it on this broadcast. It's wrong. There's too much love today. The wrong kind of love. Permissive love. Not love that really counts. Not love that'll go the distance. So we lie against our own souls. Well, pastor, what do you expect me to do? I expect you to make a decision. Are you a Christian in reality and in truth, or are you not? If you're not a Christian, don't claim to be one. Just because you have your little intimate relationship with Jesus, but you don't live it out in the world, then you're not a Christian. You're not a Christ follower because Christ goes out into the world to bring about his kingdom in the earth. 
If you're not doing that, you're not a Christian. If you've not won anyone to Jesus, some of you in your whole life have never won one person to Jesus. Don't call yourself a Christian. You're not one. You're pretending. A Christian is going to win the lost. Now, I want to tell you it's a battle. As I begin to pray for some Christians who are in desperate trouble, I see a serpent attacking them. That same serpent I see in the spirit realm when I begin to pray for Buddhists or Muslims or Hindus or just hedonists. Satan is on the attack. And we have to get to Jesus. But to get to Jesus, we're going to have to make a very serious decision. Listen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. No, they can't defend themselves. They are guilty. There is no defense. He said, either fall down and worship, or I'm going to cast you into the furnace hot, seven times hotter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We are out, king. We're not going to worship your God. Have you made that very clear proclamation? Well, pastor, if I do that, I'm going to lose my job. Okay, bow down. The music is playing, bow down. And if you bow down, you'll be fine in this world, but you will miss the kingdom of heaven. Don't call yourself a Christian. You're not one. Look, we need to come to a whole new definition of what a Christian is in America. We've been so laid back, the distinction between the pagan and the Christian has been totally erased in this nation. And so when a pagan person comes to a church and opens the door, what do they see? A lot of people just like themselves. Dressed like the world, the world's vacations, the world's agenda, the world's popularity, the world's music. Oh, it's Christianized with some sweet, sentimental, sloppy words. But it's the world's music. You see, we're in trouble. The Christian church in America is about to get swept away because persecution is coming in this nation. We're going to face a very troubling time. We face it now. 
If you get honest about your life before Jesus, you're going to have to say the same thing that these three worthies said. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter. He commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes and their trousers and their turbans, in other words, their suit and ties, they are bound and they are thrown into that blazing hot oil furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these three men, firmly tied, fall into the blazing furnace. King Nebuchadnezzar leaps to his feet in amazement, and he asks his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Certainly, O king. Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. You want Jesus to walk with you? Then you risk the fiery furnace for him. And you no longer compromise with the television. You throw it out. You no longer compromise with the YouTube videos. You no longer compromise with the pornography. You no longer compromise with all of the political shenanigans. You're out. You no longer cooperate with the whole money grab that's going on in America. The American lifestyle. I have to work so hard because... I've got to make this payment on my car. Oh, how much payment do you make on your car? Oh, I have to pay $1,000 a month on payment on the car, the truck. How long? Five years? Seven years? Eight years? So you're a slave to that Luxury that you have purchased. You didn't need that kind of expensive vehicle. You could have just as well done with a used car or a used truck. Oh, pastor, I need a new one. Do you? Who said so? Jesus didn't say so. I can guarantee you. You may have heard that you should buy, but that's not Jesus. That's your own flesh. So off you go. You buy that big new vehicle. You buy that big new house. You buy whatever you're buying so your family can be happy. Because they're not happy in Jesus. They're happy in stuff. 
in things, in worshiping the golden idol. So everybody in the family falls down and worships the golden idol. You're lying to your own soul. You're lying to your own soul. I'm very concerned. I see us going down a path as the church that we cannot sustain. Oh, we have to have this incredible new big mega church building with our our coffee shop and our restaurant and our escalators and, and all of the the modern conveniences. We have to have it because we have to reach the world with Jesus. Are you kidding me? Come on. This is foolishness. This is the church bowing down to the golden idol of Nebuchadnezzar. It doesn't require a fancy church building to win the lost to Jesus. It takes the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It takes a man, a woman, utterly sold out to Jesus, filled with the Spirit of God, humble before him. I've been a pastor for many years, and I've made many of these same mistakes. going out and many years ago going out and buying my new Mercedes or my new Acura Coupe. And then the Lord used the Mezzo whip on my back and said, don't ever do that again, Ray. Don't go there. Are you hearing me today? If you're on YouTube, put some chats in and let me know that you're hearing this, that you understand what I'm saying. Have you said no to Nebuchadnezzar's golden image? Have you said no to money? Have you said no to lifestyle? Are you a committed follower of Jesus Christ? Are you sold out? Have you taken up your cross and followed Jesus to the crucifixion and the resurrection? Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed. The fourth looks like the son of the gods. You want God to walk with you? You really want God to walk with you? You want Jesus to come and walk with you? Then you'll have to get in the fire. You have to lay your life down. Nebuchadnezzar approaches the opening of the blazing furnace and he shouts, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. You notice he does not say, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of of the Most High Nebuchadnezzar. No, he doesn't say that. Servants of the Most High God. 
Nebuchadnezzar finally recognizes that these three men are servants of the Most High God. Do people recognize, do your friends recognize that you are a servant of the Most High God, or have you so compromised your life with the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar that they think you're just like them? Come out, come here. You want a witness that's powerful and vibrant? Then risk it all for Jesus. You're going to get fired. You notice the word I used? You're going to get fired. You're going to be put in a hot fire. Okay, that's where God walks with you. That's where Jesus comes and meets you. If you're fired, not for negligence, but you're fired for the powerful witness that Jesus is the Christ. He is the Lord. He is the Almighty. What is your witness? What do you say about Jesus? Are you in the fire? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. They all crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched. There was not even the smell of fire about them. And now Nebuchadnezzar. Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Do you know what it takes to worship Jesus? Read carefully. Well, let me turn to it. In the book of of John, the epistle of John, John writes, Do not love the world or anything in the world, and that includes the world's music, the world's dance. That includes the world's value system. It includes the television. You see, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so people say to me, oh, pastor, there's good on television. Really? Is it life to you? Does it draw your heart to Jesus? Does it give you the basis for witnessing to others and telling them that Jesus is Lord? If not, you're fooling yourself. You've missed it. For everything in the world, now he's going to tell us what's in the world. The cravings of sinful men, the flesh cravings, the desire to be pampered, sexual uncleanness, the lust of his eyes, The ownership of things. That new truck. 
that new car. Would I like to drive a new car? That would be very helpful to me. I could then take the trips. I could go places that I need to go without any concern that my car is going to break down. Am I going to go out and buy a new car? Absolutely no! It would be a waste of the Lord's money. I'm accountable to the Lord for every penny he gives me. I have nothing of my own. It all belongs to Jesus, literally. Don't just say it. It belongs to Jesus. Your money, your time, your life, your energy, if you're a Christian, belong to Jesus Christ. You do not own those items. You are not in charge of them. You are not the steward of them. The Holy Spirit is the steward, and he will tell you what to do. And the boasting of what he has and does. comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Have you ever gone to visit a a dying man or woman? I have many times. I've stood at the bedside. I've held their hand as they died. I've listened to their last words. I have never yet heard a dying man whispering to me, Oh, pastor, I want to buy one more car. Oh, pastor, I just want to buy one more house. Pastor, I just want to make one more investment. I just want to make a little more money. Oh, pastor. No, 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 no. doesn't happen that way. All interest in those things has disappeared. He knows he is dying. And most men and women, when they face the death, are not asking for stuff or things. They want the love of family close. They want kisses from their spouse. They want to be told they're loved. And those who serve Jesus Christ die with a shout of praise and acclamation on their lips. Lord Jesus, I'm coming. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. Lord Jesus... Am I clean? Is there anything I need to say, anything I need to say to you, Jesus, to repent of some unknown sin? No, they're not interested in a new job. They're not interested in buying stuff. Eternity stares them in the face. And they can't take anything with them. I've never done a funeral with a U-Haul truck following the hearse. Doesn't happen. No, everybody usually starts fighting over the, the things that remain. As though they had some great value. 
But the man dying has cast them all aside. He has no concern. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. So now, Nebuchadnezzar, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Are you willing to go through the fire for Jesus? Have you determined in your heart that you will say no to the gold of this day and of this age? And you will say yes to Jesus Christ. And you will take up your cross and you will follow him for the full crucifixion, Romans, the sixth chapter, where you will abandon the world, the flesh, and the devil, and you will ask the Lord now, how do I live out my life on this earth in such a way that the lost are brought to you and your kingdom is built? How do I use my money, my time, and my energy that your kingdom is brought upon this earth? We're told in in the wonderful gospel of St. John. Jesus speaking. He says, I am the vine and you are the branch. If you are getting your nurturance from any source other than from Jesus, you are not a Christian. And it is required of you honest, sincere repentance and reformation. If you're getting your sustenance from worldly music, from the television, from your entertainment, from your work, if you are drawing your sustenance from any source other than Jesus Christ, you are not a Christian. And I know in America, America has tried to suckle at the teat of the world and of Jesus. And it has not turned out well. For the church looks an awful lot like the world and not like Jesus. And it's going to take very deliberate actions on our part 
to begin to reform our lives and become a Christian, a Christ follower. Well, we're out of time for today. I know I've spoken very bluntly to you. I pray you're not offended, but instead we'll search after Jesus. He's everything to me. He's my very life, my breath. Oh, Lord, I pray your mercy for every person listening today. I pray that the Holy Spirit will come and inform every person of their condition before you that they would not lie against their soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, I would love to hear from you. And I'd ask you, would you write to me? You can write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Or you can go directly to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. That's nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. Uh, We are moving quickly into the month of July, and the July bill will come soon. I trust in Jesus to move in the hearts of those he calls to cover the cost. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm praying for you. I'll talk to you soon.